Hello and welcome to the Modern Divorced Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Tarasio. I'm the owner of Modern Law, a family law firm in the Phoenix area. I've been a divorce attorney for more than 15 years. I've got four kiddos and I'm divorced myself. And on this podcast, we're going to cover everything related to divorce, be it legal issues, financial issues, children issues, blended family issues, counseling, mediation, and more. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hi, this is Billy Tarasio with the Modern Divorce Podcast. So excited about today's episode. I am joined with someone from across the world in Greece who's going to talk about her new book, Mom, Dad, Can You Hear Me?, which is about her experience as a child um, growing up with divorced parents. It's it's going to be really, really informative for all of us who are raising kids and doing our best not to mess it up, <laughs> because that is really where, where all of us are at. Um, it, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Don't forget to send in any topics that you might want to hear. But without further ado, Despina Marvadu, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I'm really happy to be here with you. I'm so happy to have you here. Now, will you say your name? Because I did my best, but I may have done it incorrectly. No, no, it's, it was correct. It's Despina Mavridu. Mavridu. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm Italian. You're Greek. Um, my instinct is to uh, pronounce your name as if it were Italian, which is wrong. But thank you for correcting that. So Despina, you... Um, recently wrote a book. Tell me about the book. Yes, I wrote a book. Uh, As you said, the title is Mom, Dad, Can You Hear Me? And it's about the divorce through the eyes of a child. Actually, the protagonist of the story is a 10-year-old girl named Irene, which means uh, peace in Greece, in Greek language. Yeah. And uh, the girl is uh, actually very confused because her parents uh, are taking a divorce. Uh, they are fighting and uh, they actually announce to her that dad will leave home. Uh, she doesn't really understand what's going on. She also hears her mom saying to dad that you need to go to your girlfriend to leave the house and go to your girlfriend. So she doesn't really understand what's going on. She is very confused, she's angry, and at the same time, her parents, because actually they are feeling very stressed and very angry, they are putting her a little bit in the middle of their fight, yes. asking her to say certain things from one to the other. Mm-hmm. So with the help of her grandmother and her teddy bear, she finds a way to survive, to leave this situation and to communicate to her parents what she really needs from them. Wow. Which are very simple things like uh, I want the same rules in both houses. Uh, I don't care who spends more money for me. I just want you to decide together. I, I don't care if you have a third, another person in your life. I'm open to meet that person. And if I like him or her, I will consider her um, th- that person a part of my family. Yeah. This type of things. Okay, so I've got questions. Um, this is not, from what I'm hearing, this is not a book that's like, do this, don't do that. This is a no. story. Yes, it's just a story, exactly. That's exactly wonderful. That. 
And uh, actually, this is exactly what I wanted to create, a story which is inspired from my personal story because my parents are separated. I was also alienated from my dad for many, for two decades. Okay. And we have we reunited recently. And I wanted to create something uh, as a, a story so somebody that reads it can take whatever he or she likes to get from the story. I didn't want to give advice. I didn't want to say to the person what to do or not to do. Yeah. Because I know how stressful a divorce can be. Yeah. But I want to make the parents understand a little bit the emotional roller coaster of the kids during yeah. the divorce. Yeah. That's just brilliant. It's just a brilliant idea. I am unaware of this type of book that's been available. And what I really like about it is you're telling her story and we as divorced parents will probably see some similarities, some things we can take away, but no two parents are going to necessarily read this the same way. And you said that you were alienated from your dad in the story, is there alienation or does the the main character, what did you say her name was, Reina? Irene, yes. Irene. Uh, does no, she... there is no alienation in the story because I actually didn't want to do it hard for the children. I just wanted to help the children a little bit understand that they can find the balance in the end. And maybe they are feeling confused, they are feeling angry, but they will find a way to communicate to their parents what they need and they will create a new type of relationship and there will be a balance. I didn't want to be very cruel. Sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. So should children read this book? Yes, actually, it's for both, for parents, of course, because uh, I want them to understand how the kids' perspective and to get a little bit in their kids' shoes. Mm-hmm. And actually, I had people that read it that told me that, yes, I, I really could understand uh, how my kids feel mm-hmm. now that I read the book, that I liked it very much because this was one of my goals. And it's also for the children because uh, actually the children can understand that, yes, the situation is difficult, but it's something that happened also to other children. And of course, uh, in the end, yes, maybe I can find a balance and I can also find a solution, a kind of solution. Because actually I had some children that read it and told me that they liked very much the fact that Irene, Irene found a way to communicate to her parents what she needs as a protagonist who yeah. found something to do about it. Yeah, that's so empowering for kids. It really helps them figure out like how to navigate this, to feel a little a little control in a situation that they have no control over. Exactly, exactly. And actually because, um, you know, except from the, my personal story, as a mediator, I hear very much in the mediation tables, uh, parents uh, stating that uh, kids doesn't need you, uh, stating that to the other parent. And, you know, when I hear this phrase, I'm getting really angry because I know very well that this is not true. And even if sometimes uh, children say that in order to satisfy one of the parents, I know that they, most of the times they don't mean it. Yeah. And I know that because I, I, I did it as yeah. a kid. I did it also. So, But I know also that I can convince them that this is not true. You cannot so convince to, them. No, I, you cannot at that time because they believe it. It's their truth at that moment. Yeah. 
I am glad we're talking about this because there are parents out there who are engaging in alienation, loving parents, parents who think they're doing the right thing. And many of these parents don't know, am I alienating or am I protecting my child? Is this what's best because the other parent is substandard or whatnot? And I would love to get your take on that situation. Well, yes, this, this, it's it's very difficult to find the right balance and to say what exactly the other parents uh, do. What I can say, though, from my personal experience is that, uh, I mean, many times the parents can't really see what it's the right thing to do. For example, my mom was really angry with uh, my dad. So she was stating, she stated, she said many times to me that the, our, uh, the dad abandoned you because he found another person in his life. And I had to grow up to understand that this was not true. Right. And actually the marriage had many problems before they arrived to this, to another person that broke the marriage. Let's stop right there. Like, I know your book is not about rules, but If I could propose a rule, it would be that you never, ever, ever under any circumstances, no matter what happened, tell your children that the other parent abandoned them. Simply do not use those words. Come up with something else. And except on that, one of the of the rules that I told you before that Irene gives at the end of the book to the parents is that I don't want you to say bad things when I am in front of you, because the children love their parents very much and uh, they don't care who betrayed whom, uh, who did something to destroy the marriage because it's uh, still their parents. They just want them both in their lives. So they don't want to hear bad things from one parent to the other. And I know that because many times I have heard bad things, for example, from my mom's side and from my mom's family. For mm-hmm. my dad, and in order in order to satisfy mm-hmm. my mom, mm-hmm. I agreed with all these things. Of course, and this was a, a you know it hurt me a lot. And now that I grow up and I realize what was going on, it hurts more sometimes. Yeah, have you been able to reconcile your past and have a healthy relationship with both of your parents? Yes. Uh, actually after years of therapy (laughs) I found the balance because the most important for me in order to move on was to make peace with both of them yeah that's so hard like I often hear you know I hear many clients in my office say who are being alienated I'll just wait until the kids are older it'll work out and it doesn't always work out sometimes those relationships are destroyed forever other times a child will backlash against the alienating parent and reject that parent and now only have a relationship with the other parent. So the fact that you have been able to work this out as an adult and have a healthy relationship with both of your parents is pretty phenomenal. You know, because I understood that at some point I was angry with my mom that alienated from my dad, but I understood that in both situations, something was wrong with me. I couldn't move on with my life. I couldn't have a balance in my life. So I understood that in order to have a balance, I need to make peace with both of them. Because, you know, the parents are the most fundamental thing in the kid in the kid's life. And they are the first two persons 
that he, he or she meets in her life. So if you can't have a balance with them, you can move on with your life. The past will come and back and come back again and again, and it will not leave you move forward. Yeah. Words of wisdom, easier said than done. Yes. Definitely. What are, what was the most difficult part about growing up in a, in a divorced household? Well, when I was young, the most difficult part was the fact that I was in the middle of their fights. Mm. And for many years, my mom, for example, when I had to see my dad, was saying to me, tell him this, tell him that. And my dad, of course, was answering back, uh, asking me to transfer his words to my mom. Of course, I was trying, you know, to make the things that they were saying because they were really bad I was trying mm-hmm. to make them a little bit smoother mm-hmm. I was trying to make them mediator and nobody was uh, happy because they were constantly angry and for example I remember also one time that my mom actually asked him asked me to call my dad and tell him exactly what he was saying me to to tell him I like mean, you were was, the telephone Yes. You tell him blah 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 blah. Exactly. Now say yes. blah 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 blah. Exactly. Oh. I mean, in this situation, it was very, very, very confusing for me. Very bad. I mean, I couldn't handle it. So at one point, I decided that okay, I will not see my dad anymore. Uh, in in order to survive. Yeah. And actually, I believed that I don't want to see him. I mean, it was my truth at that moment. Yes. But when I grew up, I understood that actually it was like I was denying a part of myself when I said that I don't want to see my dad anymore. I said also that I hate you. I don't want to see you. You know, I said many bad things. I was feeling guilty for that. But it was a way to survive. And I was also trying to convince myself that I hate him because, you know, a part of me inside me always was thinking that maybe this is not true. But I was trying not to hear that part of myself. And uh, I was trying to stay firm on my decision that I want to, I don't want to see him anymore because I didn't want to be in the middle. Also yeah. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. One of the easiest ways to end the conflict was to just to pick a side. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Which is also the biggest sacrifice that a kid can do. Is. Wow. Any positives we know all the negatives that can come from divorce were you able to pull out any positives well uh, i hope and i what i would like to say to the parents that now are going through a divorce is that it's important to find a way to communicate and to listen i mean i know that it's difficult and of course there isn't the right recipe but it's good to work with uh, everyone has to work with himself first uh, mm. before going in a confrontation with the other party. If you understand yourself better and you, have, you understand what hurts you, maybe you can handle the situation a little bit better because you definitely can't use the kid. Yeah, it, it really all does come down to each parent taking care of themselves and doing the work on themselves. Yes, I think that this is the most important thing in order to avoid um, losing control of the situation. Because, I mean, it's not that I want to blame parents, okay? Because the situation is really stressful for them and they lose control. 
So I can understand how difficult it is. But still, I mean, a, a peaceful divorce, it's something that a kid can, um, you know, can handle easily. And it will be okay for the kid in two years from the divorce. But a divorce that is not peaceful, the kid will take, it will care, carry it in his luggages for many years. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what advice do you have for parents who are really doing their best? They're maybe, you know, two, three years out and they're co-parenting and they have real fundamental disagreements and they know in their brains that they have to get along and they do their very best, but there are real fundamental disagreements. What do you advise for those parents? Firstly, I would like to ask them what uh, exactly they don't, uh, in what exactly they don't agree. It's something uh, related to their values. It's something related to their emotions. It's something related to their past. Because usually when we are angry with something, it's something that hurts ourselves. And and it's not something that it's related to the other person. It's more related to something that's going on inside us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So figure out the root cause of why you can't get to an agreement. Like what is preventing the two of you from getting on the same page? Yes, exactly. And- inside you first. Uh, find the answer inside. You understand what it's uh, that you can handle with yourself because usually it's something that uh, has to do with ourselves yeah. than uh, with the other person. Yeah. Yeah. You might have real fundamental disagreements about how to how to handle a, a, a certain teenage problem or how to handle a certain learning problem or how to handle you know, even children who are struggling with or exploring different sexualities or experiencing different sexualities, um, that that can be very, very difficult for divorced parents to agree on how to handle a situation like that. Yes, I can understand that. This is uh, difficult also for parents that are not divorced. Exactly. Like parenting is hard. It's hard when you're when you're in the same house. It can be it, it can be so much more difficult when you're not in the same house. And it's it's hard, I think, to know when is it when is it better to go to bat for your child and your beliefs versus when is it better to just allow peace at all costs. Well, yes, this is a very difficult uh, question. It's really difficult to know exactly when it's the right. Uh what you you can sacrifice and what not because peace in all cost is also maybe something that is not right always because it can hurt you it's difficult to because it means that you will you will not accept you you have to accept things that maybe you don't want to accept but for example for these fundamental problems that both that parents maybe have and they cannot agree a therapist or a consultant could be a good uh, solution i mean even if you are not divorced as a parent you can go to someone to advise you especially if you have teenagers i agree with you i think um i think you know, most of the time you have two parents who love their children, both love their children. And when you get when you get to that impasse, the question is, can someone help facilitate agreement? You know, what do you agree on? Like I have an, an example um, with a client who 
she did everything during the marriage. She avoids conflict at all costs. She took care of her four children and basically did everything, you know, paid every bill, took them to every practice, just did everything. And eventually, you know, she decided she didn't want to be with her husband anymore because he didn't do anything and that gets old. So she got divorced and they have equal parenting time. And now her children, every time they're with their father are calling their mom to say, I can't get to practice. I need you to pick me up. Dad's just sitting on the couch. He's playing video games all day. So it's kind of an opposite situation of mom, can you hear me? And she doesn't know what to do. Why the kids are creating a triangle and they don't uh, communicate these things to their dad? Though? That's a really good question. Um, maybe her best bet is to empower the kids to talk to their dad, or maybe they're trying and he's not listening. I don't know. So you would say first thing to do is really figure out how the kids can advocate for themselves to the extent they can. Yes, because I mean, even in the family, uh, when the parents are not divorced, the kid should have a separate relationship with its parent. For example, the kid cannot have a relationship with the dad through the mom. Right, right. So maybe, you know, her instincts of not fixing everything isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it's all a matter of degrees. (laughs) I mean, you know, there is the, tri- the the triangle with the victim, the hero, the person that saves uh, uh, the others. So I think you need to leave these roles, roles and not take any of these roles and just leave everybody to create a relationship with the other party. I am so glad you mentioned that. I don't think we've ever talked about that on the show. Can you explain those those three roles, that triangle? Well, yes, I I don't remember them exactly. I know there is the victim, uh-huh. the hero, the person that saves the situation. Yes. yes. And I, I, if I I don't know the word very well in English, I think it's the dominant, the part that uh, controls or says to the others what to do or not to do. So I'm so glad that you brought this up. This is known as the conflict triangle or the drama triangle and triangle. And we've got three roles and we might each take one of those roles and it's the victim, the villain and the hero. And in any type of drama or conflict, you might find yourself in one of those roles. Tell me how that plays out. Yes, uh, these roles change every time in each conversation. And in your uh, example, I think that uh, the kids are trying to victimize themselves and mom trying to make the hero yeah, and rescue them. But what will happen if they just leave them, create a relationship with the, the dad? Right. So because this, also if you ask the dad, I think, sorry, small parenthesis, no. if you ask the dad, he will probably say that, but they didn't say that to me. And his reality will be completely different. You're right. You're right. And so as a mom, I, I think I tend to fall into the hero um saver, fixer. Like I think I do that. <laughs> and I know that this other mom is probably feeling like you know, what's worse, them not getting to go to the sleepover, not getting to play with their friends, not getting to go to sports, or is it better to let them miss out on that and learn how to advocate for themselves over time and have a better relationship with their dad? Or is it better to swoop in and rescue if I can? 
It's better to create a relationship. I mean, it's all about a relationship with the dad, to have a real, uh, authentic relationship. So mom could go to dad and say, hey, I don't want the kids. I know that all kids have a tendency to play one another off each other. And I know this might not be true, but here's what I'm hearing. And I'm wondering if we can find a solution. Yes. Okay. Good stuff. This has been a fantastic podcast. Can you tell us where to find your book? Uh, yes, it's in all Amazon stores. It's uh, also in ebook and paperback. And it's in English. Uh, of course, it's also in the Greek language, but from a Greek publisher. Okay. Uh, so if somebody wants it in Greek, uh, he can send me a message in Facebook. Fantastic. I think I would like to get a bunch of copies and send them out to my clients as gifts because it really does sound absolutely fantastic. So we'll talk offline on that. Okay. (laughs) But thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Let me know what types of topics you'd like to hear about here on the Modern Divorce Podcast. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Modern Divorce Podcast. Remember, anything you've heard today or anything you read online is not the replacement for actual consultation with an attorney and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Even if you called in and we spoke to you, you are anonymous and we don't have your details and you have not become a client of Modern Law. However, we would love to speak with you or you should seek out the advice of legal counsel or counseling or any other expert near you. And if you have an idea for a show topic or you need to speak with an attorney in Arizona, you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O, at mymodernlaw.com. 